Peter Hill Explains, where I invite you to join the science teaching conversation with me about Lyme disease, a Wikipedia reading, episode two. So, so far we've learnt uh, that it's named after Old Lyme in Connecticut, where it was first diagnosed in 1975. Um, it's 1982, something where it was recognised as a separate disease and stuff like that. Uh, sort of interesting, it's a bacteria, a spiral-shaped bacteria, which bores through and just wreaks havoc. Uh, sort of um, the tick releases various enzymes. It goes from the guts to the salival gland, to the salival gland into your wound. The tick, in order to uh, eat you, has immunosuppressants and anesthetics. It's rather nice. And it's got two, two cycle ticks. The ticks that you actually see is sort of the last tick where they're having a good feed before they have sex. But before that, they have a, um, a nymph stage where it's a little larvae and they have a, a feed on one animal and then go uh, goes through through on that so the tick is quite an amazing animal living off lizards mice deer birds anything just sort of has a good old feed of the mammals going around the place and this bacteria gets into you and it causes a whole series of diseases and of course it's a bacteria so it's treated by antibiotics but it's quite a, a sneaky little disease that sort of worked out how to trick the immune system along the way. Okay now coming up to diagnosis. Lyme disease is diagnosed based on symptoms, objective physical findings such as ethereum migraines, EM rash, facial palsy, arthritis, history of possible exposure to infected ticks and possible laboratory tests. So my friend in Germany had a combination of what looked like arthritis yeah, um, and uh, laboratory tests. People with symptoms of early Lyme disease should have a total body skin examination for EM rashes and be re inquired if there was one in the past one to two months. Presence of EM rash and recent tick exposure being outdoors in a lightly tick habitat where Lyme disease is common within 30 days of the appearance of the rash are sufficient for Lyme diagnosis. No laboratory confirmation is needed or recommended. Most people who get infected do not remove the tick bite. And the EM rash need not look like a bullseye. Most EM rashes in the US do not, or accompanied by any other symptoms. In the US, Lyme is most common in New England and Mid-Atlantic states as parts of Wisconsin and Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, but it's expanding into new areas. Several boarding areas of Canada also offer high Lyme risks. The absence of EM rash or a history of tick exposure, Lyme disease diagnosis depends on laboratory confirmation. Bacteria that cause Lyme disease are difficult to observe directly in the body tissue and also difficult and too time consuming to grow in the laboratory. The most widely used tests look instead for the presence of antibodies against the bacteria in the blood. A positive antibody test does not by itself <coughs> prove active infection, but can confirm <coughs> an infection is suspected because of symptoms, objective findings, and history of tick exposure in a person. 
because as many as 5-20% to 20% of normal population of antibiotics against Lyme, people without a history and symptoms suggestive of Lyme disease should not be tested for Lyme antibodies. A positive test would likely be false, possibly causing unnecessary treatment. Yeah, that's a, an interesting aspect. But I suppose if you have got the symptoms and you don't have the Lyme thing, it wouldn't be. Well, it's pretty, I hope she's okay. In some cases, when the history, science and symptoms are strongly subjective of an early disseminated Lyme disease, empiric treatment may be started and re-evaluated as laboratory test results become available. Okay, preemptive thing. Laboratory testing. Testing for antibodies in the blood by ELISA or the Western blots is the most widely used method of Lyme diagnosis. A two-tiered protocol is recommended by the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, CDC. The sensitive ELISA test is performed first, and if positive or equivocal, then a more specific Western blot test is run. The immune system takes some time to reduce antibodies in quantity. After Lyme infection onset, antibodies type IgM and IgG usually can be first detected respectively in two to four weeks and four to six weeks and a peak at six to eight weeks. When the EM um, rash first appears, detectable antibodies may not be present. Therefore, it is recommended that the testing not be performed until diagnosis will be based on the presence of the EM rash. Up to 30 days after suspected Lyme infection onset, infection can be confirmed by the detection of Ig. Uh, M and IgG antibodies. After that, it's recommended that only IgG antibodies are considered. A positive IgM and a negative IgG test result after the first month of infection is generally indicative of a false positive test. The number of IgM antibodies usually collapses f uh, four to six months after the infection, while IgG bodies can remain detectable for years. Whatever that means. Other tests may be used uh, in the neuroborealis cases in Europe. Neuroborealis um, is usually caused by borealogarini and almost always involves lymphatic uh, pelocytosis. Um, the densities of lymphocytes, infection fighting cells, and proteins in the cerebrospinal fluid, CSF, usually rise characteristically to normal levels, while glucose levels remain normal. Additionally, the immune system produces antibodies against Lyme inside the intrathecal space, which contains the CSF. Demonstrations by lumbar punches and CSF analysis of paleocytosis and intracathecal antibody productions are required for definitive diagnosis of neuroborealis in Europe, except in cases of peripheral neuropathy associated with acrodermatitis chronica atrophenicans, which is usually caused by boroacevelli, A-F-Z-E-L-L-I, sounds like an African sort of Italian one, and confirmed by blood antibody tests. In North America, neuroborealis is caused by borreburgoderferi, uh, which may not be accompanied by the same CFS signs. They confirm uh, a diagnosis of the central nervous system. Uh, neuroborealis is, if positive, but do not exclude it if negative. American guidelines consider CSF analysis optional when symptoms appear to be confined to the peripheral nervous system. Facial palsy without overt meningitis system. 
unlike blood and intercathetical antibody tests, CSF cytosis tests revert to normal after the infection ends and therefore can be used as an objective marker of a treatment success and an informed decisions as to whether to retreat. In infections involving PNS, electromyography and nerve conduction studies can be used to monitor objectively the response to the treatment. In Lyme cardiatis, electrocardiograms are used to evidence uh, heart conditions abnormally, while echocardiography may show microcardial dysfunction. Biopsies and confirmation of barrier cells in microcardial tissues may use in specific cases, but are usually not done because of the risk to procedure. Polymerase chains reactions, PCR, test Lyme disease have also been developed to detect genetical material DNA of Lyme disease spirochi. Culture of oh, PCR uh, current means for detecting the presence of the organism and serol serologic studies only test for antibodies in Borrelia. PCR, that's so interesting that. Has the advantage of, oh, just drop my record there has the advantage of being much faster than culture, obviously. However, PCR tests are susceptible to false positive tests by detection of debris of dead uh, borrelia cells or specimen contamination. Even when properly performed, PCR often shows false negative results because new borrelia cells can be found in the blood and serospinal fluid during infection. Hence, PCR tests are recommended only in special cases, e.g diagnosis of Lyme arthritis because it's highly sensitive to the way of detecting OPSA DNA in synovial fluid. This is the uh, lubricating fluid in your joints. Although sensitivity to PCR and CSF is low, its use may be considered when intercal antibody production test results are suspected of being falsely negative. In very early, less than six weeks, neuroborealis or in immunosuppressed people. Several other forms of laboratory testing for Lyme disease are available, some of which have not been adequately validated. OSPA antigens shed by live boreal bacteria into urine are a promising technique being studied. The use of nanotrap particles for their detection is being looked for uh, in the OPSA has been linked to active symptoms of Lyme. High titters, whatever they are, frank psychosis, I can remember, uh, of either immunoglobulins G, IgG, or immunoglobulin M, IgM, antibodies of borrelous antigens indicate disease, but lower titters can be misleading because IgM antibodies may remain after the initial infection, and IgG antibodies can remain for years. Since I said it before, but I can't. Don't know what this means at all. In CDC, the CDC Centers for Disease Control does not recommend urine antigen tests, PCR tests, or on urine immunofluorescent staining uh, for cell wall deficient forms of B. Burgdorferi um, and lymphocyte transformation tests. They don't do it. Well, the CRC, they often do, don't do a lot of things to the CRC. Imaging. 
neuroimaging is controversial in whether it provides specific patterns unique to neuroborreliosis, but may aid in the differential diagnosis and in understanding the pathophysiology of the disease. Though controversial, some evidence show that certain neuroimaging tests can provide data that are helpful in the diagnosis of a person. MRI, magnetic resonant imaging, and single photon emission computer tomography, SPECT. What? Are two tests? What the heck? I've got to work out what SPECT is. I know it's SPIN. SPIN uh, photography, SPECT is a two tests that are inherent, uh, that identify abnormalities in the brain of a person affected with the disease. Neuroimaging findings in an MRA include lesions at the periventricular white matter, as well as enlarging vitreses of cortical atrophy. Uh, atrophy. The findings are considered somewhat unexceptional because the lesions have uh, been found to be reversible following antibiotic treatments. Images produced using SPECT show numerous areas where insufficient amount of blood is being delivered to the cortex. And so, yes, honey? Oh, hooray! That's really good. So we just had a uh, negative um, COVID test. That's rather good. I should search out myself. I'll be able to go out exercising. So it's SPECT and uh, other things. I'll have to see what I have to see what I have to do, or if I if I've got a text from them. The findings are considered somewhat unexceptional because lesions have been found reversible. Images produced using SPECT show numerous areas where there is insufficient amount of blood being delivered to the cortex and subcortical white matter. However, SPECT images are, show, are known to be non-specific because they show heterogeneous pattern in imaging. The abnormalities seen in SPECT images are very similar to those seen in people with cerebral uh, vascularities or Kaltz-Jacobs disease, which makes them questionable. Differential diagnosis. This is what they say in the um, in the soap operas. Do some differential diagnosis. So this is where you do a test and exclude that the test could be for it and it could be for something else. But if it's not there, it, it's a strange thing. Community clinics have been reported to misdiagnose 23 to 28% of the thema migraines rashes and 83% of other objective manifestations of early Lyme disease. Ear rashes are often misdiagnosed as spider bites, cellulitis, and shingles. Many diagnoses are credited to the widespread misconception that ear rashes should look like a bull's eye. Actually, the key distinguishing features of EM rashes are the speed and extent to which it expands, respectively up to 2 to 3 centimetres per day, all diameter of at least 5 centimetres, and in 50 centimetre cases, more than 16 centimetres. The rash ex <coughs> expands away from the centre, which may not look uh, different uh, or be separated by a ring-like clearing from the rest of the rash. Compared with EM rashes, spider bites are more common in the limbs and tend to be more painful and itchy and become swollen and may cause somacrosis, uh, stinking dark blue patches of dead skin. Cellulitis is most commonly develops around a wound or ulcer and is rarely circular and is more likely to become swollen and tender. 
ear rashes often appear at sites that are usually for unusual for cellulitis, such as the armpit, groin, abdomen, back, uh, back of the knee. Unlike Lyme, shingles often begins with a headache, fever and fatigue, which is followed by the pain or... So what I want to expect, expect... I'll have to work out what expect is. Expect and... Frank psychosis, numbness. However, unlike Lyme, in shingles, these symptoms are usually followed by appearance of rashes composed of multiple small blisters along the nerve dendrome, and the shingles can also be confirmed by quick laboratory tests. Facial palsy caused by Lyme disease, uh, FDFP, is often misdiagnosed as Bell's palsy. Although Bell's palsy is the most common type of one-sided face physical palsy, 70% of cases, LDFP can account for up to 25% of the cases of facial palsies in the area of Lyme disease is common. Compared to LDFP, Bell's palsy is much less frequently affects both sides of the face. Uh, even though LDFP and Bell's palsy have similar symptoms and evolve similarly if untreated, corticocortisol treatment is beneficial for Bell's palsy while being detrimental for um, the Lyme disease. Recent history of exposure to likely tick habitat during warm months, EM rash, viral-like symptoms such as headache and fever and or palsy in both sides of the face should be evaluated as the likelihood of LDFP is more than minimal. Empiric therapy with antibiotics should be initiated without cortisols and re-evaluated upon the completion of laboratory testing for Lyme disease. Unlike viral meningitis, Lyme Photic meningitis tends to not cause fever, last longer, and recur. Lymphotic meningitis is also characterized by possibility of co-occurring EM rashes, facial palsy, and partial vision obstruction, and having much lower percentage of polymorphonuclear leukocytes in the cerebral spinal fluid. Lyme array Radiopathy affecting the limbs is often misdiagnosed as radiculopathy caused by nerve root compression or saccatica. Although most cases of radiculopathy are compressive and resolve uh, with conservative treatment rest whilst within six, four to six weeks, guidelines for managing radiculopathy recommend first elevating uh, risks evaluating risks from other possible causes that, although less frequently, require immediate diagnosis and treatment, including infections such as Lyme and shingles. A history of outdoor activities is likely in likely to capitates in the last three months, possibly followed by a rash or viral-like symptoms and current uh, headache and other symptoms of lymphatic meningitis or facial palsy would lead to suspicion of Lyme disease and the recommendation of serological and lumbar puncture tests and confirmation. Just goes to me. I'm just thinking of um, the Iceman. You know, the people in um, Stone Age place. They would pick up ticks. They would just have been just one big flea bag. Oh God! Lyme rat uh, radiopathy affecting the trunk has can be misdiagnosed as a myriad of conditions such as diverticular diverticulus, acute coronary syndrome. Diagnosis of late-stage Lyme disease is often complicated by
by a multifaceted appearance of non-Pacific symptoms, prompting one reviewer to call Lyme disease um, the new great imitator. Lyme disease may be misdiagnosed as multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, lupus, Crohn's disease, HIV, or other autoimmune neurodegenerative diseases, as all people with later stage infections will have positive antibody tests. Simple blood tests can exclude Lyme disease as a positive cause of the person's symptoms. Let's go to prevention. Tick bites may be prevented by avoiding or reducing the time of likely tick in likely tick habitats and taking precautions while in and uh, while in and when getting out of one. Most Lyme human infections are caused by Exodes nymphs bites between April and September. Ticks prefer moist, shaded locations in woodlands, shrubs, tall grasses, leaf litter and wood piles. Ticks densities tend to be highest in woodlands, followed by unmaintained edges between woods and lawns. About half as high ornamental plants, perennial ground cover, about a quarter, lawns, um, about 30 times less. Zardes larvae and nymphs tend to be abundant also where mice nest, such as stone walls and wood logs. Zodes larvae and nymphs typically wait for potential host quests to leave um, on leaves or grasses close to the ground uh, with four legs outstretched. While most host brushes against the limbs, tick rapidly clings and climbs on the host, looking for skin location to bite. Oh, that's yum. Well, you just have army boots, I suppose. Um, in northeastern United States, 69% of tick bites are estimated to happen in residences, 11 in school camps, 9 in parks, recreation, 4% at work, 3% at, I hope this adds up to 100%, 3% at, going on here, while hunting. Hopefully you're not hunting in a park or a school. 4% in other areas. Activities associated with tick bites around residences include yard work, brush clearing, gardening, playing in the yard and letting into the house dogs or cats that roam outside in woody or grassy areas. So it could well be this person picked up a tick from their cat. Isn't that amazing? In parks, tick spikes often happen while hiking or camping. Walking on mowed lawn on the centre of a trail without touching adjacent vegetation is less risky than crawling or sitting on a log or stone wall. And crawling, then crawling. So, if you can possibly walk on mowed lawn or walk, you know, follow the yellow brick road, pets should not be allowed to roam freely uh, in likely tick habitats. As a precaution, CDC recommends soaking and spraying clothes, shoes and camping gears such as tents, backpacks and sleeping bags in 5% permethrin solutions and hanging them to dry before use. Permethrin is an odourless and safe for humans but highly toxic to ticks. After crawling on permethrin treated fabric for as few as 10 to 20 seconds, ticks snips become irritated and fall off and die. <laughs> well, there you go. It has no effect, can I say, that um, 
thing has no effect on stink bugs. Stink bugs just go, what the fuck? It's all these big stinky bugs. But they are fun to kill, I must admit. Though they're pretty amazing. Um, Brinthian treated closed toed shoes, socks were juiced by 74 times the number of bites and nymphs that make first contact on the shoe the person also wearing treated shorts. Because nymphs usually quest near the ground. I love the quest. If I was a tick, what are you doing? I'm going on a quest. You shall quest your way. Eat your, eat the people. Make them bloody sick, William. Um, better protection can be achieved by tucking Pranethan treated trousers pants into treated socks and treated long sleeve shirts with trousers so they minimize gaps to the long tick through which ticks might reach the wearer's skin. Light colored clothing may make it easier to see ticks and remove them before they bite. Military and outdoor walkers uniforms treated with Pranethan have been found to reduce the number of tick bite cases from 80 to 95%. Promethean uh, protected lasts for weeks of wear and washing in consumer-treated items up to 70 washes for factory-treated items. Promethean should not be used on human skin, underwear, or cats. <laughs> I'm supposing you're not going to wear a cat. <laughs> I'm just going to treat my cat. Um... The EPA recommends several tick repellents for use of exposed chin, including DEET, Picardin, IR3535, derivative of amino acid beta-alene, oil of lemon eucalyptus, OLE, a natural compound. Well, there you go. That's eucalyptus. Oh, this is, I think this is why ticks would be pissed off if they landed in Australia. It's, it's full of eucalyptus. The most popular repellent, DEET, in the US, and Picatan in Europe, unlike DEET, Picatan is odourless and is less likely to irritate the skin and harm fabrics and plastics. Well, I'm sure my fuck-off juice destroyed, totally destroyed the plastic. Repellents with higher concentration may last longer, but are not more effective against ticks. 20% of Picatans may work for 8 hours versus 55 to 98.11% of DEET for 5 to 6 hours, or 30 to 40% OLE for six hours. Repellents should not be used under clothes, on eyes, mouth, wounds, or cuts, or on babies younger than two months. <laughs> well, what about a cat baby? Um, if sunscreen is used, repellents should be applied on top of it. Repellents should not be sprayed directly on the face, but should instead be sprayed on hand and rubbed onto the face. After coming outdoors, clothes, gears, and pets should be checked for ticks. Clothes can be put into a hot dryer for 10 minutes to kill the ticks. Just washing them in warm and dryer is not enough. Showering as soon as possible, looking for ticks over the entire body and removing them to reduce the risk of infection. Unfed tick nymphs are the size of a poppy seed, but a day or two after biting, detaching themselves to a person, they look like a small blood blister. The following areas should be checked especially carefully. Armpits, between the legs, back of the knees, belly button, trunk, children's ears, neck and hair. So it's always been, been, been tough to pick up knees. And look, the entire thing with ticks, I was told that there's a way to you twist them to unscrew. I don't worry. Oh, here we go. Attached ticks should be removed promptly. 
risk of infection increases the time of attachment, but in North America, risk of Lyme disease is small with the tickets removed within 36 hours. CDC recommends inserting a fine tip tweezer between the skin and the tick, grasping it very firmly and pulling back close to the tweezers straight away from the skin without twisting, jerking, squeezing or crushing the tick. Well, there you go. There's this little twist we were told. After tick removal, any tick parts remain in the skin should be removed with tweezers if possible. Wounds at hand should then be cleaned with alcohol, soap and water. The tick may be disposed of by placing in a container with alcohol, seal bag, tape or flush down that bloody toilet. All of them. The bitten person should not be disposed. The bitten person should write down where and when the bite happened. Not the parent or anybody else, the infected person. So uh, this can be informed to a doctor if the person gets a rash of flu-like symptoms in the following several weeks. CDC recommends not using fingers, nail polish or petroleum jelly or heat uh, on the tick to try to remove it. In Australia, where the Australian paralysis tick is prevalent, the Australian Society for Clinical Immunology and Allergy recommends not using tweezers to remove ticks because if the person is allergic, anaphylaxis could result. Instead, a product should be sprayed on the tick, causes it to freeze and then drop off. The doctor would use liquid nitrogen, but products available at chemists from freezing warts can be used instead. Wow! Another method originating in Australia consists of using about 20 centimetres of dental floss or fishing line for slowly tying it to an overhead overhand knot between the tick and the skin and pulling it away from the skin. Wow. Shit. Isn't that amazing? So we've, we've I've got that, that wart, wart thing, that plant. I should do an article on warts. Isn't that amazing? Good old Aussies. Just those... Uh, way of disposing dog turds, pouring liquid nitrogen on and stamping it, I decided that wasn't wasn't particularly effective. But uh, that one, a bit of liquid nitrogen, fucking off the paralysis tick. So that is inter interesting. Uh, the paralysis tick is a, is a big shit. And that's brought in from Indonesia on their, um, it was on the, the uh, buffalo spread down. Preventive antibiotics. The risk of infection and transmission increases with the duration of tick attachment. This requires between 36... Why doesn't everyone do the Aussie technique? Get out your dental floss. In fact, every Australian soldier back from the 80s, I don't think they do it now, used to carry 200 metres of dental floss. That means that if they had to cordon off an area, they'd just... get hey mate. Grab one of the dental floss and they just... Walk, you get a, a, a line-up line for it. I remember lots, lots of uses of dental floss. The risk of infection transmission increases the duration of tick attachment. It requires between 36 and 48 hours of attachment for the bacteria that causes Lyme disease to travel from within the tick into its saliva. If a deer tick that is sufficiently likely to be carrying Borrelia is found attached to a person and removed, and if the tick has been attached for 36 hours, or engorged, a single dose of dioxocycline administered uh, within the 72 hours of removal may reduce the risk of Lyme disease. It's not generally recommended for all people bitten 
as development of affection is rare. About 50% people bitten would have to be treated this way to prevent uh, one case of um, i.e. the typical rash found in 70 to 80% of people infected. Okay. So it's low efficacy. Garden and lamb steaks again. I think gardeners deserve what they get if they do anything like this. Several landscaping practices may reduce the risk of tick bites in residential yards. The lawn should be kept mowed, leaf litter and weeds removed uh, and ground cover uh, use avoided. Woodland shrubs, stone walls and wood piles should be separated from the lawn by a three foot wide rock or wood chip barrier. Without vegetation on the barrier, ticks tend not to cross it. I don't know what this word is. Arcanides may also be sprayed on it to kill ticks. Sun exposed tick safe zone of at least nine foot uh, from the barrier should be concentrate human activity on the yard, including any patios, playgrounds, gardening. Materials such as wood decking, concrete bricks, and gravel and wood chips may be used on the ground under the patios or playgrounds uh, so as to discourage ticks there. Eight foot high fence may be added to keep deer away from the tick safe zone. Well, that's, that is a problem, isn't it? One, one was saying, I do know the Americans, uh, the Australians. Oh, yeah, I can see deer running around the, the base of my place. Isn't that amazing? I, I, I was wondering, an eight foot high, high fence, what, how is that going to keep it a, a tick? But it will keep out the deer with a tick on it. I was thinking... The tick going, blood oath, this is only seven foot high, this is only six foot high, I'm through eight foot high, they don't want me, but no, it's the DU that's on it. Okay, we'll continue from there at a later date. another story comes to a close it's been a pleasure sharing this moment in time with you may you discover truly amazing things understand them and tell others thanks for listening